0: Thank you for getting ready to listen to this new episode of Shooting Lights Out brought to you by the Playmakers Blog Sports Network. The Playmakers Blog and Shooting Lights Out is sponsored by Fanatics. Get your official license everything from Fanatics. Hat, shirts, jerseys, book bags, duffel bags, memorabilia. You can get it all from fanatics.com or sports fan shop. And for the next 48 hours, you can get free shipping on or orders over $24. That is two for ship. That is two for SHIP ship for free. US shipping over $24. And shooting last is also sponsored by Liz. Locker room by Liz. Get your favorite hat wear with your favorite team logo or custom made at Liz by Locker Room. And as what's today only, you have today only. Yet again, for free shipping on US orders over twenty four dollars. Free shipping on US orders over twenty four dollars. Put the promo code lids twenty four. That is, L I D S two four. Now it's time for shooting. Lights out. Music don't it. <laughs>
1: yeah, gotta get
0: it out the mud. That's the only way to win. Who am I to put a fender like I never ever seen? Being through the ups and downs like the letter in. They don't let you through the dope. Better kick again. Cause that's the only way to win. That's the only way to go. Gotta get it out of the mud. Gotta get it out the flow. Cause that's the only way to go. Let's go. Shoot. Lights out. Ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, how y'all doing today on this Monday, February twenty-seven? as we close out month number two of the new year. Getting ready to month number three of the new year. And month number three is a special time of year for a basketball fan because that is the month of March and the March matches. It's coming. Speaking of which, we will talk college basketball here on today's show because that's my fact that this is just going to put it like this. Basketball from college to the professional was unbelievable. Unbelievable games of basketball over the weekend. Unbelievable stuff took place. Let me finish this real quick. It was a joy to watch these games over the weekend. We're gonna get to our college basketball. That's towards the end of the show, okay? Because we're gonna go a full day. We're gonna go first off with the NBA, and we're gonna go around the hall with the NBA. Okay, so let's go ahead. And hey, the NBA was around the hardwood as to begin. Jason Kidd on blowing on blowing Hughes' lead. Math had to grow up. Exactly what he said, and I'm gonna touch on it more because the next part of the show is a flagrant foul on the Dallas Mavericks. I will get to that, but yes, what Jason Kidd said is about to be true. So I will come back to this. It is so true that the Mavs need to grow up. In the same game, LeBron James to monitor right foot injury against Mavs. He twisted his ankle against the Dallas Maverick. He said he he heard it pop, whatever it was. He said he popped. Nevertheless, he did finish the game. They're going to monitor. They're going to see what's going to happen. But here's my question, though, to the Laker Nation. With LeBron saying that this is the most important 23 games of his career for regular season-wise, can you afford to have the king sideline due to an injury? Can you have that? Because let's look at the standards as of right now before we even recap what took place. As of right now, the, the Lakers are 12th in the West. They are half a game. Behind the Portland Trail who was the 11th seed, Golden State has moved. Golden State is seven. Utah is eight. Minnesota is nine, and the Water Pelicans is 10. The Lakers are currently two full games behind the Golden State Warriors for the seventh spot. Two and a half games behind the Dallas Mavericks for the sixth spot. Minnesota is struggling know, the Pelicans are struggling, Utah might be coming back down to earth at 500. And go to state is not even healthy. Can you afford to have the King miss some significant games down the stretch? That is my question for Lake Nation. I don't Lakin Nation. I don't think you can afford it. Your next game is Tuesday against the Memphis Grizzlies, if I recall. I will get to that a little later in a little later, but can you afford, if you're LeBron James, to miss some games with an ankle injury knowing that you are pushing, you pushing at best to succeed and at the minimum, a playing spot? That's a question for Lakers Nation and LeBron James to think about because he said this is the most important 23 games of his career for far as the regular season. You have played 81 games. You have played 63, 61 games. You have 21 left. Can't miss a couple of games. Hurt the Lakers. Chances. I'm just asking the question here. So that's something for Lakers Nation LeBron, to ponder on as we move on. Damian Lillard scores career best 71 behind 13 three-pointers. That guy was on the mission. Now, I, I can't recap this game because this game is not part of the Around the Hardwood setting that I put together. But I can recap this game. Damian Lillard against the Houston Rockets with the final score, 131 to 114, went for the Portland Travers that moved them ahead of the Lakers. Damian Lillard had 41 at halftime, he scored 30 in the second half. Damian Lillard was. 22 for 38. He was 13 for 22 from three-point range. He had six rebounds and six assists to go along with 71 points. Now, it was against the Houston Rockets. Let's let's, let's, let's be honest. It was against the Houston Rockets. But 71 is 71, regardless. And this man went 22 for 38. So, let let me do some math. That dude shot 58% from the field. And 59% from three. I'm going to say that again. Damian Lillard against the Houston Rockets last night. Shot 58% from the field. We want to be accurate. 57.9. And he shot 59% from three. That, by itself, shot better than the entire Houston Rockets team, who shot 45% from the field and 27% from 30. Good gracious. Oh, and by the way, he he put Jabari Smith Jr. on the poster as well. I didn't see the poster. I didn't have time. I wish I did. But where he got around, part of the 71 was putting Jabari Smith on the poster. So he got that going, too. So shout out to Dane Dollar for putting the Blazers on his back. Currently, I have the game out of the 10th spot behind the New Orleans Pelicans. Now let's recap what took place over the weekend. Saturday, 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 Saturday. Man, Saturday. Saturday was a great day of basketball in the NBA. We kicked it off with the uh we kicked it off with the 76 hosting the uh Actually, you know, I got my slides messed up. I do apologize. Didn't find the right one and go back in order. Actually, I didn't put it on here. Okay. Leave that right here for right now. Actually, take this down for right now. Uh, this is what we have. Saturday, we have some good games going on Saturday. One of which was not, it was a good game, but it shouldn't have been a good game. The Miami Heat losing to the Charlotte Hornets, 108-103. to 103. That's the Heat four straight loss. Even dating before the All-Star break. As I'm looking at the stats from Saturday, Jimmy Butler, 28 points, six assists, three rebounds. Tyler Hero led all scores with 33 points. Five boys and five assists. Duncan Robinson only played six minutes and got one shot up. And he missed it. Bedola Depot in 21 minutes, 0 for 5 from the field, 0 for 4 from the field. Matt Struz in 19 minutes, 0 3 from the field, all of them being three-pointers. Gabe Vincent, who was in the starting lineup, only 5 points in 27 minutes. Ban my bio, 31 minutes played, and you only gave me 14, 6, and 4. You went 6 from 14 from the field. New acquisition, Kevin Love in 26 minutes, 13 points, 13 boys. Remember what I told y'all that Kevin Moore can be a double-double machine? Well, that's a double-double. 13 and 13 is a double-double. Nevertheless, it's a damn L. Miami now falls to 32 and 29 on the season. That puts them in the seventh spot in the East, which is the playing spot. With the Knicks being in the sixth spot with a two-and-a-half lead. Well, no, would they? Yeah, two and a half lead on the Miami Heat. Miami better get it together. Miami better get it together. This is not what we expected from the Miami Heat. Okay. okay. Also on Saturday, we saw the uh, New York Knicks beat the New Orleans Pelicans 128 to 106 in Madison Square Garden. The Grizzlies handled the Denver Nuggets 112 to 94. Morant dropping twenty three points when the Nuggets was blown out the door was blown out the door by halftime. But we we'll get we got more the Nuggets going on, and then the Saturday night cap, primetime game was the Boston Celtics in the city of Bird to take on the Philadelphia 76ers with the struggling Jason Tatum, ladies and gentlemen. Jason Tatum stroking his butt off, okay. Jason Tatum, third, eighteen points, thirteen rebounds, six assists. He was seven for seventeen from the field, three from eight from three. He struggled, but guess what? The deepest team in the NBA is the Boston Celtics. Al Horford, fifteen points. Robert Williams, fourteen points. Marcus Smart, who returned to the lineup, ten points. Derrick right off the bench, eighteen points. Jason Tatum's backcourt mate team, the star mate, Jalen Brown, 26 points. And three of Tatum's 18 points came on the game winning shot. As the Celtics win 110 to 107. The league, the game that Joel Embiid had with 41 points, 12 boards, and 5 assists in 40 minutes played. James Harden, 21 points, 6 boards, 8 assists. Tobias Harris dropped in 19. That was about it. P.J. Tucker gave you 7. Melton gave you 7. McDaniels came off the bench, gave you 4. Tyrese only gave you 8. That was it. That was it for Philadelphia. Outside of Harris, Embiid, and Harden, that was it. That's three guys that scored in double figures. But the subject, you have the entire starting lineup from Jason Tatum, Al Horford, Robert Williams, Marcus Smart, and Jaden Brown scored in double figures. And then Darren Wright come off the bench and scoring in double figures. This team is deep. This team is loaded. This team is unreal. The deepest team in the league is the Boston Celtics. By the way, who has the best record in the league? At 44-17. Okay. That was Saturday. Now let's get to the Sunday. Just I accidentally forgot the Saturday slot. We kicked out Sunday with a good one in the in the state of Wisconsin with the Phoenix Suns taking on the Milwaukee Bucks without Yontes into the cupo. And the Milwaukee Bucks pushed a winning streak to 14 with a 104-101 win over the Phoenix Suns. Drew Holiday led the way with 33 points. You got 22 from Book Lopez with 13 rebounds. Bobby Plus returned from his injury and gave you 10 and 6. Chris Mendelson, who has continued to come off the bench as he recovers from that LinkedIn injury that he had from last season, that he missed 41 games already. He came off the bench, gave you 11, 10, and 6. It was just enough. Jay Crowder gave you a crucial 7 points. I don't it might be seven points on the scoreboard, but I don't think I understand the crucial seven points that Dre Carter gave the Bucks were crucial. That was in like the fourth, third, the like late third, fourth quarter type points which you when you needed them. And it was enough to hold off the Phoenix Suns who still doesn't have Kevin Durant yet, but we'll wait and see. But for us with the team that they already had, Devin Booker, twenty-four points, eight assists, four boards. Chris Paul, eighteen points, seven assists, five boards. DeAndre Ayton, twenty-two points, eleven boards. You got some production from the from the three that you got. Oh, gave get you eleven and seven. Okay, Terrence Craig gave you ten rebounds. It was a it was a good default game, but Jew Holiday and company. When they counted Mo Drew Holiday, they led the way for the Bucs to get a crucial win to push the win streak to 14, even without Giannis in the lineup. Then we move on to the Brooklyn Nets down in the ATL to take on Trey Young and the Atlanta Hawks. A game where the Hawks led by as much as 20. The only had the Brooklyn Nets come back and make it a game to force Trey Young to hit the buzzer beater jumper to win 129 to 120. Seven. Uh, Trey Young uh, with thirty-four points on the day, with eight assists. The- Javante Murray gave you twenty-eight as well. They combined for sixty-two points. They got twelve from John Collins. Bonaventure came off the bench, gave you twenty-two. As they hold off the Brooklyn, the Brooklyn Nets comeback win. Uh, Spencer Dinwiddie twenty points, eight assists. Mikel Bridges, twenty-four points. Cam Johnson, twenty-seven points to lead the way. Dorian Finney-Smith gave you twelve. You got twelve from Walsell Neal. Cam Thompson came off the bench and gave you twenty-two. It's a scrappy Brooklyn team that is. It was down early, and couldn't finish the comeback. That's all that was. Next game on the docket was the Washington Wizards in the city of Wendy. To take on Chicago Bulls, and there was not a contest to start off with. 102-82, to 82 beating of oh, the Wizards. The Marla Rosen and Zach Levine combined for 56 points, and that's all I'm going to say on that one. Our next big game from yesterday was in the state of Texas when the Los Angeles Lakers played a visit to Luka Doncic and the Dallas Mavericks. A game that I will dive in more into when I get to the freaking foul. But you see the final score here 111 to 108. Lakers win that game in historic fashion. And I'll touch on that in my freaking foul. But we wasn't done for the games from yesterday. The Cleveland Cavaliers hosted the Toronto Raptors, and they put the Toronto Raptors to bed 118 to 93. Donovan Mitchell with thirty five points as they routed the the Raptors. Jared Allen also added twenty three and eleven. Nothing you can say on that one. Two of the surprising teams in the West, parting league was the Sacramento Kings in the, in Oklahoma City to take on the Thunder. Oklahoma City fell behind early, made a made a made a stiff comeback in the third, but. At the end of it, it was the second uh, Sacramento Kings taking it one twenty-four to one fifteen. De'Aaron Fox thirty-three points to lead the way with eight assists. Keegan and Murray added twenty as they shut down say out. As they shut down the Oklahoma City Thunder without Shea Gillis Alexander for this game. The Minnesota Timberwolves, they were taking on the go-to-state Warriors down in the Bay. No Steph Curry, no Draymond Green, no Andrew Wiggins for the Warriors. No Woody Gobert, no Karl Anthony Towns for the Timberwolves. So we should see how this one go. Started off very well for the Minnesota Timberwolves. They jumped out early. They jumped out early and they found themselves. But the L, though, they led as much as they may have led as much as about, I want to say, about 17, as much as they had a lead. And yet they could not put Golden State away. A serious fourth quarter comeback from the Golden State Warriors. The Golden State Warriors outscored the Minnesota Timberwolves 37 to 17 in the fourth quarter. 31 to 17 in the fourth quarter. I want y'all to think about that. They was down 19 going into the fourth quarter, and they outscored them 31-17 to 17 in the fourth quarter to win that game. That was a big turnaround. Klay Thompson laid up again. He had 32 in the game to lead the comeback and lead the win for the Golden State Warriors at home. Davin DiVincenzo with 21 and eight boards. Jordan Poole with a mile 15, 5 for 20 from the field. John DeCamingo 13. Kevon Looney with 20 and 17. It's amazing how they did it, and you spoiled a career night from Nas Reed, who had 30 points and nine boards with the Timberwolves, But Anthony Edwards only gave you 12. Kyle Anderson, who got the start, gave you 12. Jalen Danielson, who was in the starting line, only gave you 12. Mike Conley, who was the starting point guard, gave you nine. You didn't really get much from the rest of the team outside of Nines. We gave you 30 and nine. What a shame. And then the nightcap of the weekend came to the city, the Mile High City in Denver, Colorado, as the Nuggets hosted the Los Angeles Clippers. Let's see how the Clippers would bounce back from that double overtime loss to the Sacramento Kings and that historic game that took place. And I got to say, for the most part, the Denver Nuggets controlled most of this game. But the Clippers fought back to center in overtime, and in overtime, it was all Denver. 134 to 124, Devil Nuggets win. They were tied at 124 going in overtime. As you can, and if you're mouth, if you trying to be mathematicians, the Devil Nuggets outscored the Los Angeles Club's 14 to 4 in the overtime session. The Joker, 40 points, 17 boys, 10 assists, a 40-point triple-double for the Joker in the Two-time reigning league MVP, Jamal Murray gave you 21 with 12 assists and 5 boards. Michael Porter Jr. gave you 29 points and 11 boards. Bruce Brown came off the bench, gave you 13 and 7 boards. This is what Denver looks like when they fully healthy, huh? It could be dangerous because Aaron Gordon have a good game. He only had 6 points, 6 boards, and 6 assists, and he fouled out. His stat was full of 6. Six points, six rebounds, six assists, and six personal fouls. He was 0 from 5 from 3, 3 from 9 from the field. Nevertheless, it was enough to hold off the Clippers' comeback. Kawhi Leonard, 33 points with six boards. Paul George with 23 points. Not one three going in, but made all his free throws. Wilson Westbrook in 25 minutes of play, 17 points, five, five boards, and four assists. Liggett's platoon off the bench gave you twelve. You got ten from Holland, who was returning to Denver. Outside of that, you ain't getting much. Terrence Mangay only gave you seven. Eric Gordon gave you nothing in twenty-five minutes played. Norman Powell only gave you nine. You only got seven and ten from Miles Pumbley. Marcus Morris only gave you six. Not enough. Kawhi needs help. Paul George didn't show up until the fourth quarter, and then he didn't show up in overtime. Nor did Kawhi Leonard. Let me tell you something. They they four points in overtime came from the free throw line. The two free throws from Miles Plumley and the two free throws from Paul George. That was their four points in overtime. Denver outscored them fourteen to four. That's how bad and and L. D. Los Angeles Clippers was in overtime against the Golden State against the Denver Nuggets last night. That's how bad it is. Nevertheless, it's game two with the Western book and you're O and two. Go figure. So that was the weekend that was in the NBA, but the fun doesn't stop because we got some games to watch starting tonight, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to kick it off on NBA TV at 7 p.m. The Miami Heat is in the city of Burnley Love to take on the Philadelphia Seventy sisters. The Heat on the four-game losing streak. And Philly's trying to keep pace with the Milwaukee Bucks and the Boston Celtics, but they took an L to one of them teams already in the Boston Celtics. So somebody needs me some big win. 7.30 at MSG, Madison Square Garden in New York City. It's the Knicks hosting the Boston Celtics. And then at 8 p.m. Eastern. But don't look now. Don't look now because I know there's something y'all looking like. Is that the Orlando Magic on there? Yes, it's my Orlando Magic. Because with the New Orleans Pelicans struggling as they are without Zion Williamson and holding on to that tenth spot, just a game and a half ahead of the Portland Trailblazers, and no, I say just a half a game ahead of the Portland Trailblazers, and just a game up on the Lakers, they need this win at home against a Magic team, who quite frankly are only. Is only three and a half back of the Washington Wizards. Surprisingly, anything can happen. Washington has been losing. Washington is. Washington has been four out of six in their last five. Magic has been five and five out of their last ten. Anything can happen. Chicago Indiana has not been smoking hot. They've been full, Chicago's been. Has one four out of, out of their last ten. Indiana's three and seven. Their last ten. It's not the one about possibility. I can't believe I'm saying this, but I'm as a manager. I can't believe I'm saying this, but I'm happy to say this. It's not at the one possibility. The Magic might sneak up and catch one of these three teams. It's not at the one possibility here. So this is a big game, not only for the Pelicans who are at home, but for my managers as well. So that's a game to be paid attention to. Obvious sneaky reasons, and then we move on to tomorrow, ladies and gentlemen, the 28th. Speaking of the Washington Wizards, they are in the ATL to take on the Atlanta Hawks. That's not going to be an easy task for the Washington Wizards. Bradley Bill Kyle Kuzma versus Trey Young and Devontae and the Devontae Murray. By the way, Quinn Snyder is expected to make his coaching debut for the for the Atlanta Hawks. At this game, against the Washington Wizards, he has signed a five-year deal, so that's something to also add to the equation as well. Now, after that, seven thirty, you'll begin. You can you can watch uh, the Milwaukee Bucks try to go for fifteen in a row in New York City when they take on the Brooklyn Nets at the Barclays Center. Also at seven thirty, Chicago Bulls are are up north to take on the Toronto Raptors. So. Like I said, Toronto trying to move up and catch Atlanta as they are the ninth seed. So you have them taking on the Chicago Bulls. You have the Hawks going against the Washington Wizards. If, not the, if the Magic beat the Pelicans today, the Heat can lose to the Toronto Raptors. The, the Wizards can lose to the Hawks. And possible at this moment in time. Just letting you know that. And then TNT can get us started with our doubleheader. Our first of our doubleheader takes us to the FedEx Forum, Memphis, Tennessee, as John Moran and the Grizzly host LeBron James and the Los Angeles Lakers. Will LeBron play that game? That is going to be the question surrounding the Los Angeles Lakers and for the Memphis Grizzlies. Can they build on what they did to the Denver Nuggets over the weekend? Can they build on that? And show the world that they can be a team to be reckoned with. And not a team people look at and say,
1: they ain't ready.
0: That's the first half of, the, of tomorrow's slate. The second half, 8 o'clock, the, semi- the Sacramento Kings round two with the Oklahoma City Thunder. Can Oklahoma C- City split the two-game split? Or with a Kings sweep them? At 8.30, the Indiana Pacers, who are... That's a game and I have ahead of the uh, Orlando Magic. They are in Dallas to take on Luka Doncic, Ky- Kyrie Irving, and the Dallas Mavericks. At 10 p.m., the Dane Dollar coming off that 71-point game. He's taking it from Portland down to the Bay Area to take on the Golden State Warriors, who will be suited up for the Golden State Warriors, who will not be suited up for the Golden State Warriors. It's something to behold. And then the second of our TNT doubleheader, us to Crypto.com Arena in Los Angeles, California, where the Los Angeles Clippers will try to get their first win with Russell Westbrook as they host the Struggling Minnesota Timberwolves. And it's Tuesday, tomorrow, the final day of February. And then to kick it into March, round two between the Sisters and and This time is traveling from the city of Brotherly Love down to South Beach, And see how that game goes. And then also at 7.30, the battle for New York continues when the Knicks host the Knicks at Madison Square Garden. Wednesday is ESPN doubleheader. At 7.30, we're going to kick it off at TD Garden in Boston, Massachusetts, when Donovan Mitchell and the Cleveland Cavaliers pay a visit to Jason Tatum and the Boston Celtics. In our second half of that meeting, the Orlando Magic's they are in Milwaukee. Will Milwaukee be at fifteen in a row by the time this game happens, or will they have finally had their first loss in fifteen games as we face the Milwaukee Bucks? Also at eight, the Lakers take their talents to the Thunder and face off with the Oklahoma City Thunder. Will Shea Gilisovs gonna be back for that game? Will LeBron it with that ankle injury? All these games are important. You, if you're starting to see the final, all these games starting to get important now. This is some important games coming up here. And then the head, the second of our doublehead on ESPN, takes us to Portland, where the New Orleans Pelicans visit the Portland Trailblazers. CJ McCullough returning to the returning to Portland to take on Damian Lewis. That should be a fun one to watch, ladies and gentlemen. And that was our NBA around the hardwood. We're going to take a break, and when we come back, I got a favorite part handout. the Playmakers' Blog is proudly to announce that it is sponsored by Fanatics. Fanatics, where you can get all your official license, sports gear, memorabilia, whether it's for the National Football League, the National Basketball Association, Major League Baseball, National Hockey League, or even international soccer league, or even college sports. So, wrap your team, Whip the hardware, get comfortable, because Fanatics is the way to go. Where sports fans shop and official licenses everything. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Shooting Lights Up. For those of you who didn't catch the opening part of the show, Fanatics, is doing free shipping on U.S. orders over twenty-four dollars. That is free shipping over order over twenty-four dollars. Use the promo code twenty-four ship. That is two four S H I P for shipping for your order. And now let's get to our flagrant five. Ladies and gentlemen, our Fragrant file takes us to the Lone Star State, the state of Texas, the city that is called Dallas, Texas. We're not talking Dallas Cowboys, American team, but we're talking about the Dallas Mavericks, ladies and gentlemen. In this fragrance file, the Dallas Mavericks here has not been playing good basketball since trading for one carry. As it sits right now, the Dallas are currently 6th in the West at 32 and 30. They are scoring 113 points a game. That is 18th in the league. They are giving up 112 and a half points per game. That is 12th in the league. This all includes everything that happened before this trade of carrier. They have been rebounding at 38.8. 29th in the 6th at 22.4. These are the numbers of the entire season so. But since trading for Kyrie Irving, ladies and gentlemen, they have won. They are three and four since trading for Kyrie Irving. Three and four since trading for Kyrie Irving. Where Kyrie Irving and Luca Dante have been on the court together, they are one and three. The only game they haven't played together since Luca's been back. And Kyrie Trey is the Denver Nuggets game on February 15th. I'll break it down for you. But when I break it down, we're going to talk about this game that happened yesterday first. Let's talk about this game that happened yesterday first against the Los Angeles Lakers and the Dallas Mavericks. The Dallas Mavericks at home hosting the Los Angeles. And the start of this game couldn't go no better if you, were, if you was a Laker hater like I am, a you know, Dallas Maverick They were smacking LeBron James and the Lakers left and right. Luca had 11 in the first quarter, and Kyrie ain't even get started yet. So you just imagine what can happen going forward from here, knowing that Luka's already at 11, and Kyrie hasn't even gotten off yet. Okay. You can just imagine. You can just imagine. Okay. Sorry, I'm not on the screen. I want y'all to fully pay attention to the slide that I got you. Because I want you to pay attention to this. and Not me. Okay. Seven minutes and eight seconds left in the second quarter. The Dallas Marriage was up 48 to 21 off of Christian Woods' made 25 foot three pointer from Frank Nakilienta assist said 48 21 7 minutes 8 seconds left in the second quarter that is a 27 point lead. 27 point lead, and yet Kyrie still ain't been in his bag yet. Okay. As the game continues on, it got here. 18 seconds left in the fourth quarter. Lakers up 108 to 105, and he ended 111 108. Lakers. Now you ask me, so how in the blue hell did the Dallas Mavericks give up 11 points to the Los Angeles Lakers when they had a 27-point lead? So from the seven-minute mark of the second quarter when they had a 27-point lead, the Lakers scored uh the Lakers scored 90 points. 90 points. The Lakers were able to drop 90 points in, let's say, 90 points in 25 minutes. They was able to score 90 points in 25 minutes. 25 minutes. That's yes, it I took my math correctly. 24. No, 31 minutes. In 31 minutes. In 31 minutes. They dropped 90 points. From 21 to 111. That is a 90 points. The Padres was at 48. But then them same minutes. Within them same 30 minutes. 31 minutes. The Mavericks scored 60 points Brutal. Remember the score was 21 Lakers 48 Mavericks The game ended 111 Lakers 108 Mavericks For 31 minutes, the Lakers outscored the Mavericks 90 to 60. A 30-point turnaround, 30-point turnaround. And who could we credit the 30-point turnaround to? Anthony Davis, 30 points, 15 boards, four assists, and if I recall, he had about three, he had three blocks. Gerald Vanderbilt also helped. 15 points, 17 boards, four steals. King James gave you 26, eight, and three. Dennis Schroeder gave you 16. That's it. Anthony Davis and Gerald Vanderbilt was the catalyst of the comeback for the Los Angeles Lakers. Not LeBron James. Not King James. Not the league he scored in the NBA. He had his 26 and 8. But Anthony Davis, 30 points. 15 boards, 4 assists, four, 3 blocks. Jerry Vanderbilt, 15 points. This man has 17 rebounds. How in the hell did he get 17 rebounds? And He had 4 steals. That is how the Lakers came back. But in order to come back, that means the opposition ain't doing what they're supposed to do, which is what I'm getting to. Remember I told you Luka Don just had 11 points in the first quarter? Quarters 3 through 4, he had a he had a combined 15 points. He finished with 26 points, 10 for 22 from the field, 4 from 8 from 3, with 9 boys and 5 assists. Kyrie Irving, 21 points, 8 from 22 from the field, 2 for 10 on the three-point range and he had 11 boys and 5 assists. Christian Woods off the bench gave you 14 and 9. Tom Holiday Jr. from off the bench gave you 17. That was about it. Holiday 6. Bullock 6. Powell 6. Marquis Moore is 3. Green 9. that's terrible. The Mavericks shot forty-two percent from the field and forty-one percent from three. The Lakers shot forty-three percent from the fields, seventeen percent from three, and they was able to come back and beat you. They was able to come back and beat you. Like I'm just looking at it, Lakers was sixteen, was six for thirty-four from three. The Lakers shot six from thirty-four from three, and they still won. And they was down twenty-seven. By the Mavs shot 20 for 49 from three. The Lakers were 42 for 97 from the field. The Mavs were 39 for 93 from the field. The Lakers got to the line 28 times and hit 21 of them. That's 75%. The Mavs got to the line 14 times and hit 10 of them. That is 71%. The Lakers had 17 offensive rebounds to the Mavs' 11. The Lakers had nine steals. The Mavericks turned the ball over 17 times. Points in the paint, Lakers 62, Mavericks 30. It is amazing to me how this went down. It really does. But as you see, those of who are watching on YouTube, Anthony Davis. 30 points, 15 boards, four assists three blocks, and Jerry Vanderbilt, 15 points, 17 boards, and four steals. Since trading for Kyrie Urban, Kyrie Irving has been averaging 26.2 points per game, shooting 53.6 from the field, 40.8% from three-point range. All these numbers are cool. What happened yesterday? Yesterday's numbers are included in this. He's giving you 5.2 rebounds a game and six, and I have assists per game. And the record since Kyrie Irving has been there is three and three for all of his games. Luca Doncic, on the other hand, since being since the Kyrie Irving trade, when he has played because he had when they first traded for Kyrie Irving, Luca was injured. But since he has returned from injury in the Kyrie trade, Luca is giving you thirty point two points per game, shooting fifty one percent from the field, shooting thirty one point six from three, getting you eight point two rebounds a game, and seven assists a game. Record one and four in a five games since Lucas has returned since the trade for Kyrie Irving. The duo together since the Kyrie Irving trade and Lucas is back from injury. These two are combining for 55.5 points a game, shooting a combined 52.4 from the field, a combined 36.8 from three, giving you 15.3 rebounds a game, 12 and a half assists a game, and the record is one and three. By the way, I should tell you that these numbers are kind of screwed because uh, they dropped 142 against the San Antonio Spurs. 142 against the San Antonio Spurs, and that was split a couple of games ago. Matter of fact, that was the game before they played the Lakers. That was the game that they played before the Lakers. This duo is is forty four point is forty four point five percent of the scoring of the Dallas Mavericks. So that means the rest of the team, that means three through twelve, and whatever order you want to put it in, are giving the Mavericks fifty five point five percent of the scoring. Nevertheless, this is where we have with the Dallas Mavericks, and saying so. I don't, I didn't put the numbers in the slide, but as an offensive team, they are scoring 121 points per game, but they are giving up 120 points per game. That is a lot of points given up. If the Mavericks ain't scoring 120, they are losing. And if they give up more than 120, they're losing. This is why this is getting ridiculous in the city of Dallas, Okay. So Dallas Mavericks. Y'all need to get it together. You have played a handful of games with Kyrie. You damn you, near played a handful of games with Luca and Kyrie. And y'all have yet to do anything that makes people believe that we should be worried about the duo of Kyrie Irving and Luca Dungeon because everybody else on the team. Just ain't cutting it. So the Dallas Mavericks.
1: You are in the file. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of Into the Net FC. Killing Mbappe just all of a sudden finally understood his role, and I think he finally understood that everything Killing Mbappe has accomplished already. You know, there is still a hell of a lot waiting for him in the future. Kylian Mbappe is only 24 years old. He has accomplished so much. And you know what? Kylian Mbappe has not even reached his prime. Finally seeing you know, the Marcus Rashford we have been hoping for for such a long time, you know. But, you know, this game, you know, after, after everything Manchester United has been, you know, doing lately, you know, th- this was actually the ultimate test, you know, to see if Manchester United, we you know, all of, honestly was all of a sudden for real. I, I explain this. The United States, maybe they have to suffer this loss as a lesson to learn to prepare for the future. Because four years from now, the World Cup is in not one, not two, but three countries. The United States of America, Canada, and Mexico. Into the NFC is available on all streaming platforms including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and YouTube.
0: The Playmakers bar is proudly mm-hmm. to announce that is letter that partnership deal with Paramount Plus. Paramount Plus stream live sports from any device that you have, whether it is your computer, laptop, or even your cellular device. Catch breaking news live as when it happens and enjoy a mountain of entertainment from movies to shows to whatever you love doing. Paramount Plus plan starts at $4.99 a month, but right now you can get a free trial Just hit that link below with the playmaker's blog and start your free trial right now paramount plus mountains of the entertainment Yes, yeah, right ladies and gentlemen paramount plus get it now you can get a free trial for a week you can get the plan for 4 dollars you can get the premium plan for $9.99 a month it's a great thing to have you talking cbs nickelodeon MTV, BET, Showtime—I mean, you catch up on your favorite shows, live sports, and all that good stuff. And especially with Mark Madness coming around, you want to get Paramount Plus. And speaking of that, around the hardwood, time for our college basketball around the hardwood, and I did say we have. Full weekend of games in, in basketball, not just the pros, but in college as well. Starting off with the men's, ladies and gentlemen. Nate Oaks on Brandon Miller's pack down, not appropriate. This is a uh, pre-game introduction routine that Brandon Miller has done since he has been with the Alabama Crimson Tide. But nevertheless, the whole... Things sensing around him and the death of a young lady at the hands of ex-teammate Darius Smiles is something that was you can call tone deaf because optics plays a part in imagery. Optics play a part in reality. A death. Of a 23-year-old young woman. Miss Harris. At the hands of former teammate Darius Miles. Is centering around Darius Miller because he drove the car that ultimately delivered the gun to Mr. Miles. That ended up in killing this young lady. Now he's been acquitted. Saying he has he had no idea that it was going to end in this type of fashion. He did not know where the gun was provide. He did not know what the gun was. It was seen behind some clothes in the back seat. On there is my. The uh, only thing that Brandon Brandon Miles did was drive the car to his friend. Nevertheless, there are circulations going around saying should he be playing at this moment in time. You can say whatever your opinion is, but Nate Oakes, the AD, the president of Alabama, they agree that he's not being charged. He's not being acquitted, or well, what he's not being charged. He's been acquitted. He's been with innocence and in all this, so he deserves to play. That's their, that's their choice, and that's their right to make that choice. Unfortunately, Nate o said, I quote, I, I don't watch our introductions. I'm not involved with them. I'm drawing up plays during that time. Regardless, it's not appropriate. It has been addressed, and I can assure you it definitely would not happen again for the remainder of the year. And as I said, this is his normal pregame introduction routine for Brandon uh, for Brandon Miller, who does the pat down by a walk-on before heading to the midcourt. But Looking at the situation that took place, it might be the right call for Nate Osa to say, we can't do that again. I know there's a routine that you do like to do, but you got to come up with something else. Because the optics of it has people referring to, what, referring to a young lady at the age of 23 being gone. At the hands of your former teammate and your friend. That's what the optics are showing. That's what the visual of people getting when you have a walk on pat you down during pregame introduction before you take the mid-court. Brandon Miller, I want you to understand. And you have been playing terrific since all this has been getting again. You have been bowling your tail off, sir. I'm going to give you the crossway there. You are playing your butt off since all this has taken place. But you're a young man. And as a young man, I would like to advise you to pay attention to what you're doing and making sure that no matter what, you let your play speak for you. It don't give people reason to look at you in a different manner, OK? Moving on. Temple Flare at the end of 16 rank, Xavier and route of seating Hall. Now, when I read through this, Nothing much really took place, ladies and gentlemen. Xavier got a much-needed victory over Zina Hall Friday night, but it had an ugly ending because both teams came together around the scores table after the Musketeers guard, Shirley Baum, and Zina Hall freshman guard Jaquan Sanders started drawing. Which this all started because Mr. Baum took a three-pointer. With had 22 seconds left when the Zebra was already up 82 to 57. They got 30 seconds on a short clock. It is 22 seconds remaining in the game. Why is you doing the three when you're up 25? When you're up 25, Zena coach Shaheen Holloway was not happy with it. Raised his hand and did not order to shake hands with Xavier Coach Sean Miller after the game. If you're up 25, you don't take no damn three. I hope Sean Miller got in your face and let you know that you don't do that. We are up 25. The game's well than that. They are not coming back. Why is you shooting that goddamn three? You take the shot card violation if there's, t- if there's a shot car violation to be had. Or you run the damn clock out. Those are your only two options. Don't you ever shoot a damn ball when you're up 25 like that. again. Nevertheless, that's all that happened. Nothing physicality took place. No need for suspensions or anything. They didn't like the situation. No, no, no physical harm was done. So... Just this move on. The Houston Crew is the number one team in the land. They thumped East Carolina over the weekend and to claim an outright American lead title. It's a great job for the Houston Krugers. They're one of the top teams in the league since the beginning of the season, 27-2 overall, 15-1 in the conference play. But... As Kevin Sampson said, that was just the beginning. Now the real challenge begins. You have, the American, you have the American tournament coming up. And then you have the NCAA tournament coming up. With most likely Houston will be grabbing a number one seed. If not the number one overall seed, that would be between them and Alabama. Who gets the number one overall and who will get that second number one seed. How things are looking. So. Congratulations to the Eastern Crew Goose, your outright American champions. As we continue, Old Miss fired men's basketball coach Kermit Davis. I do understand this move. Uh, Mr. Davis finished his fifth season as the head coach of the Old Miss Rebels. He had an overall record of 42 and 60. That doesn't cut it. He had one tournament appearance. That was his first year when they went twenty. They went like twenty-one and like ten that year, if I remember correctly. And go look at my numbers just to be that's to be sure. Uh, let's see. In his first year, his first season, they went twenty and thirteen overall, and ten and eight in the in the SEC. They earned the AC on selection Sunday. That was that was his first season. So we're talking five years, we're going back to 2018. Since then, the Rebels have gone 22 and 47 in the in the SEC in the past four years. They 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 entered the weekend 10 and 18, 2 and 13 in SEC play. That is the reason why Mr. Davis has been fired of his. We've been relieved of his duties as the Ole Miss head coach, and I can't blame. him. Davis spent since since season as the head coach at Middle Tennessee, where he went to three NCAA tournaments in his final six seasons. So that's how he got the head coaching job at Ole Miss. First year that he got into to the tournament at the A C, and they haven't been back since. It, I can't blame Ole Miss for doing that because you thought you had something, but it just didn't work out. Potential candidates to replace Mr. Davis at Ole Miss include Florida Atlantis, Dusty May, North Texans, Grant, Miss and it could be mentioned that Mr. Chris Beard. Could be, let, could be looked at to take place over the old Miss Rebels. So that is that for the men's side. Now this week the weekend, shall we? Let's begin what took place, I want to say, Friday. Or Saturday, whatever the case may be. Villanova. Up says 19 Creighton, 79 to 67. Creighton did not need a loss like this. Towards the end of the season. So Creighton need to get it together you know a loss that didn't need to take place the oklahoma sooners walked in ames iowa against 23rd ranked iowa state and they gave them the business 61 to 50. a upset road win for the oklahoma sooners iowa state didn't lead a loss like that towards the end part of the season sticking with the big 12 24 went TCU. They went to a Little Bit Texas to take on the Texas Tech Rate Raiders and they came out with the 83, 82 win and love it, Tess. shout out to TCU getting a big rope win. Alabama, they took care of business despite what was talked about earlier. We have Brandon Miller. They took care of business against the Arkansas Razorbacks 86, 82 at home. The battle for Arizona was taking place at Tucson, Arizona, with the Wildcats ranked seven in the country, but they got stunned at the buzzer by the arch rivals, the Sun Devils of Arizona State, eighty-nine to eighty-eight, as the Sun Devils hit a three-four court buzzer beater to knock out the Wildcats. That's a devastating loss for the Wildcats, and a Big win for the Sun Because they are trying to win the world of And that might have got them in there. Continuing on, we had a top 10 showdown in the Big 12 down in Waco, Texas. With ninth-ranked Baylor Bears hosting the eighth-ranked Texas Longhorns. And it started all good for Texas, but it ended well for Baylor. 81-72, Baylor Bears get the top 10 victory. Continue on from, the, from Waco, Texas up to... Still water Oklahoma where the 14th ranked Kansas State Wildcats taking on the Oklahoma State Cowboys. And the Oklahoma State Cowboys, they needed every type of win that they can get, but Kansas State was not happening. 73-68 Wildcats over the Cowboys. Let's head down to the SEC real quickly. as It was Mississippi State hosting 25th ranked Texas A&M. Mississippi State on the bubble line trying to get a big win. They got it. They knock off 25th ranked Aggies, 69-62, big win for them. A team who also needed a big win was the West Virginia Mountaineers. They was in Allen Fieldhouse in Lawrence, Kansas, to take on a third rank and defending champion Kansas Jayhawks. Kansas, they got everything they got from West Virginia, but Kansas would not be upset on this day. 77-74, Kansas survives the Mountaineers. Head to the ACC and down to Coors Gables, Florida, to see the Miami Hurricanes went 13th in the country, taking on an in state rivalry. These Florida State Seminoles. And that ended in a shocking buzzer beater as Florida State knock off Miami, 85 84. Terrible. Just a terrible loss for the Hurricanes at home to their arch rivals. As we continue on, it was North Carolina, the preseason number one favorite, fighting for the NCAA tournament lives as they are on the bubble. They are on the first four out line, according to Jordan Nardi, and they get a they get their first quad one win of the season when they take down six-ring Virginia Cavaliers seventy one to sixty three according to jordan already they still got work to do but this is a big step for them for the north carolina Tar Heels. they got the work to do uh north carolina good win and back to the sec we're going to Rupp Arena, ladies and gentlemen it was the kentucky wildcats hosting the arvin tigers and john calipari's team is starting to is starting to make that a run as they beat the brace off Bruce Pearl's Tigers 86 to 54. Ugh. The Auburn Tigers are struggling down the stretch. Did yeah, they do enough in the, early, in the early part of the season to make the tournament? Because they starting to slide, and, they, and this slide is not going well for Bruce Pearl and the Auburn Tigers. But Kentucky, I think they solidified itself as the NCAA tournament. I who that was on the bubble just a week ago. But with a four game winning streak, I think it's four game winning streak, I think they solidified their spot. Down to the Big Ten. We're going up to Indiana. It's the battle for Indiana when 17-ranked Indiana Hoosiers took on the 5th-ranked Purdue Boilermakers and West Lafayette in Indiana. Have swept the season series over their arch rivals, the Purdue Boilermakers, 79-71. Purdue, I don't know what it is. People people like saying Purdue is that team to beat. I don't see it. I'm not sold on Purdue. In the end of the show, why I am not sold on Purdue. Down to the patch 12. We had USC taking on Utah. Two teams who are on the bubble line. One team had got to get a good win. The other team's gonna be in dire straits. It would be the Trojans of USC getting the big win 6249. Putting the Utah using dire straits of making the postseason tournament. As we continue on a big weekend that wasn't college basketball, the Duke Blue Devils was hosting. The Virginia, the Virginia Tech Hokies at Cameron Endors, and Virginia Tech needed everyone they can get, and Duke was not him the mean thing. Eighty-one sixty-five, 65, the blue that was stormed past the Hogies. Game of the week takes us to the West Coast Conference when it was Gonzaga ranked 12th in the country, hosting 15 ranked St. Mary's, who already beat the Gonzaga Bulldogs early in the season. Down in St. Mary's and Gonzaga, paid them back. Seventy-seven, sixty-eight, big win for the Bulldogs over the Gales of St. Mary's. To the Mount West we go. 22nd, San Diego State, Assets on the road to take on New Mexico State, who are on the bubble line. So New Mexico's looking for another win to help solidify their spot. They could not get it. 73-72 to at the buzzer. San Diego State survives in New Mexico and then you have BYU hosting San Francisco in the in the West Coast Conference with both teams looking to pad their resume to make a tournament big. but it'll be BYU dominating San Francisco 87-60 and then we go to what took place on yesterday Maryland Terrapins hosting 21st ranked Northwestern Wildcats and Maryland Fletch state muscles throughout this game. 75 59 win of a 21st ring. Wildcats. Down in the American Conference, the Memphis Tigers hosting the Cincinnati Bearcats. With Cincinnati Bearcats hoping to do some things to get into the tournament. And you're already in the Mid Tigers when they having it at home. 76 73 big win for the Tigers. Bad loss for the Bearcats. Two teams in the Big Ten fighting for their postseason lives. It was the Wisconsin Badgers in the big house in Ann Arbor, Michigan to take on the Michigan Wolverines. Hunter Dickinson sends the game in overtime and in overtime, it was all Michigan, 87-79. The, the big blue Wolverines take down the Badgers. In a game that Colorado could have shocked the world and they had opportunities to do so, but they came on short when they counted most. UCLA goes into Colorado Goes into Colorado and comes out victorious, 60 to 56. And then the final recap game that we have for you, we had the Rutgers, Scarlet Lights, taking on the Penn State Nifty Line two teams who are fighting for their tournament lives. Penn State had a 19-point lead, but it evaporated before their eyes as Rutgers came back to beat the Nifty Lions. 59 to 56 and Happy Valley was turning to Saturday Valley. If you are NFT Lions fans, some games to look forward to this upcoming week starting tonight. You have the Baylor Bears taking on the Oklahoma State Cowboys. Oklahoma State needs this win at home to have a prayer of a chance to make the NCAA tournament. Also, West Virginia is in the same spot, but they are on the road to take on 23rd win. Iowa State. They need this win to pat their resume. In the ACC, we're talking Clemson versus Virginia. Campbell Virginia make up for that bad loss that it took to the Carolina to North Carolina. Clemson, can they get a top top 10 win to solidify their spot in the NCAA tournament? And then you have Iowa taking on Indiana. Iowa fighting for their lives with an amazing comeback win over Michigan State, by the way. That's amazing. Down 10 with a minute to go, and you come back and win that game. Very, very awesome. But now you are in Assembly Hall to take on 17-ranked right? Indiana. Can you do the unthinkable and win at Assembly Hall? That, is to, that was all today's game. Tomorrow we're starting off with Duke versus NC State. Duke are uh, looking strong. they looking better better each and every game. NC State trying to get back right before the, before the ACC tournament does going into the NCAA tournament. We will see in Cameron Ningo at 7 p.m. ESPN. 9 p.m. ESPN tomorrow. Kansas is hosting Texas Tech. Can Texas Tech go into Allen Fairhouse and get a much-needed upset win over number three, Kansas? We shall see. Also at 9 on ESPN, two, we have the Arkansas Razorback host. The Arkansas Razorback on the road and Knoxville to take on 11-point Tennessee. It's going to be interesting to see can Arkansas get a much-needed win versus a top-15 team on the road to get them into the tournament. And then also at 9 on CBS Sports Network, 22nd race San Diego State, playing in Boise, Idaho, to take on the Boise State Broncos. To begin the month of March, we have a top 25 showdown in the Big East with Xavier taking on Providence with the Flyers at home. That is 6.30 p.m. on FS1. On ESPN2 at 7 p.m., we have the Iron Bowl in basketball when Auburn is in Tuscaloosa to take on the Alabama Crimson Tide. At 9 p.m. on ESPN2, after the Iron Bowl, we have the Texas Longhorns ranked 8th in the nation. They are facing off against the Horn Frogs the TCU ranked 24th. And then on the Big Ten Network, Northwestern returns home. Can they make up for that loss that they took to Maryland as Penn State is looking to come in and pat their resume to get an NCAA tournament bid? Here's all your bubble teams as of right now, as we look at it. This will probably be updated sometime today or tomorrow from Jordan Ali, but as of right now, your last four buys is Pittsburgh, Nevada, Memphis, and West Virginia. Your last four in is Oklahoma State, USC, Wisconsin, and Mississippi State. First four out, Penn State, Utah State, North Carolina, Charleston. Next four out, Texas Tech, Clemson, Michigan, and New Mexico State, like I said. This, was, came, this came out on Saturday. I'm pretty sure this will be updated between today and tomorrow with the new switcharounds that's going to happen. So, I won't pay too much attention to this, but this is where we're at right now. Okay, quick break. We'll be back. We're going to get into the latest side of it.
1: Welcome to Ringside Chaos, the professional wrestling discussion segment of the Bear of Texas podcast, the only professional wrestling podcast in the world where pro wrestling is discussed passionately, with confidence, with great knowledge, and most of all, in the most sophisticated way. So brace yourselves, ladies and gentlemen, because chaos is about to be unleashed thing with Tony Khan now being in talks to buy WWE I'm gonna be honest with you I spoke to this with Ricky Litwinkiewicz aka the master of mayhem and he honestly believes that me talking about Tony Khan buying WWE is basically I'm kind of wasting my time because Ricky believes it's never going to happen okay now I now don't get me wrong Ricky I respect his I respect what he says he's he could very well be correct But, I gotta be honest with you, the fact that Khan is interested in supposedly buying WWE, to me, that's definitely worth talking about. Now, (laughs) I should mention this, shout out to Ricky, by the way, and I gotta mention this, that even Jim Cornette already had something to say, and he said, and I quote, "...ridiculous to think that could happen." Unquote. (laughs) He's a wrestling fan that's been super supportive of Brody Lee as a wrestler, and everything that WWE could have done with him and you know everything that he could have shown and you know offered for the wrestling business you know for me I ju- I wasn't just a fan of Brody Lee himself like in character I strongly respected him you know as a human being like I had a lot of respect for Jonathan Huber you know that's Mr. Brody Lee's real name so basically I had a lot of respect for Brody Lee, Lou Harper, and of course Mr. Jonathan Huber particular episode was about world-class championship wrestling and the episode title is you know wccw wrestling's lone star legacy and because i am the bear of texas and i do hail from the dallas fort worth area of the state of texas world-class championship wrestling was basically my territory as far as being a wrestling fan goes ladies and gentlemen Ringside Chaos is available on all streaming platforms, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and YouTube.
0: All right, welcome back to Shooting the Lights Out as we get to our women's side of the college basketball slate. And before we get up out of here, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to start off by saying Don Staley said this was going into this past weekend. Undefeated South Carolina doesn't need a loss for a push. And I think I agree with her. I mean, you'll see why in a minute. South Carolina, Indiana, Stanford, and Utah projected top seeds for the final reveal. It's projected that. South Carolina be the overall seed, Indiana be the two, Stanford the three, and Utah being the four. Two Pat 12 teams getting getting number one seeds. That would be interesting. They have a Yukon as a as a two seed right now. And if that does hold up, they'll be in the same bracket as the South Carolina Game course. That would be interesting. If that is your Elite Eight matchup for a final support spot, South Carolina Yukon. That's a talk, just a talk. NCAA sanctions Miami women's suits for NIL related fractions. Uh, this kind of threw me off a bit to be honest. Um, still trying to figure out what exactly they did wrong to get this suppression. So I'm gonna go back and I'm gonna go back to the article again and see. Well, see what happens here. It says here the NCAA issued its first sanction in a case related to name, image, and likeness opportunities for college athletes Friday namely the Miami women's basketball program with a year probation and another minor penalty for its involvement in urging a meeting between a wealthy alum and two players who transferred to the school last summer. The case involves several p- predominant figures in the market marketplace for NIL deals, none of whom received any direct sanctions from the The sanctions. Stem from a meeting between Miami alum John who's and transfer basketball players Haley and Hannah Carrener. Excuse me. But these sanctions have taken place. Nobody in this is happy about it. There'll be some lawsuits being thrown around towards the NCAA and whatnot. So we shall see what happens with them because Miami, they were on the verge of making an He's still a tournament. So we shall see if they are still a lot of DNAs at their tournament or not. But so yeah, that's a big one. Notre Dame top star Olivia Miles injured right knee. She injured her, she injured her knee last um yesterday's game. And uh, there's no timetable for her return. There's no there's no updates on her injury as of right now. So if you're a Notre Dame fan, follow it. Follow whoever you need to follow for updates on that. But that is a big loss if she's, when she misses a significant time. Olivia Miles in just right knee for Notre Dame fighting Irish. Utah earns share of first Pac-12 title with dream win over Stanford. I will get to that game in a bit. But, yes, the Utah Utes have earned a share of the Pac-12 title. And so going right to that game, it was the Utah youth hosting the Stanford Cardinals over the weekend. And with the youth winning 84-78, getting a share of the Pac-12 title with the Stanford Cardinals. The Red River rivalry of women's college basketball took place in Norman, Oklahoma with 13 ranked Sooners, hosting 19 ranked Longhorns. And it was the Longhorns. Shout out to Megan and the Longhorns on going on the road to knock off the Sooners. And Norman, Oklahoma, 67 to 45. The men felt an upset in their last game. So did the women. Arizona, uh, Oregon State, ladies and gentlemen, hosted the lady, the Lady Wildcats of Arizona, ranked 14th in the country. And it was the Beavers knocking out the Wildcats, 78 to 70. Continuing on, we had Memphis and SMU both battling for bubble teens. The game went in overtime, and the Memphis Lady Tigers take it 69-68. Speaking of the Miami Hurricanes, they hosted, they hosted Virginia down in Coors Gables. 85-74, it was no contest. Miami girls are just balling. But we'll see how these infractions to the NIL deals hurt the Miami Hurricanes this postseason and probably going forward. Before the men's crazy game between Michigan and Wisconsin, it was the ladies. The ladies took stage first when 12th ranked Wolverines went to Madison to take on a take on the Badgers. And it was the Badgers at home winning this on 78 to 70 getting the top 15 win, but that would not cut it for them. That's a bad loss for the Lady Wolverines. Speaking of bad losses, 23rd ranked Florida State Seminoles. They was in-depth about the take on the Clemson Tigers, and they didn't walk out of there victorious. They got upset by the Tigers, 74-61. to 61. And then we get to Sunday Slate. Sunday Slate was a doozy one, ladies and gentlemen. We kicked it off with the Georgia Bulldogs in, in Columbia, South Carolina, to take on the number one team in the reigning defender champion game, and as you can see. 73-63, to 63. I don't think they need a push. I don't think they need a lot of push because this team keeps rolling. They just keep on running. They keep on winning by double digits. In the game, well, Olivia Miles injured her knee. It was the 10th ranked Fighting Irish taking on the Louisville Cardinals in Louisville, Kentucky. Good back and forth game between the Fighting Irish and the Cardinals, but it was... The Fighting Irish coming out victorious on the road, sixty-eight to fifty-six, thus winning the ACC. Because the next game on the underneath was the Tobacco Road rivalry between North Carolina and Duke, and Cameron indoors the eleven rain blue that was had a double-digit lead and watch it evaporate to their arch rival Tar Heels. As the Tar Heels come back and went forty-five to forty-one, giving the Regular season title to the Notre Dame Fire Knights because North Carolina came back and stunned the Blue Devils. In a Big Ten Showdown game of the week between number two, Indiana Hoosiers versus number six, Iowa Hawkeye, a battle back and forth. No team was in control, but Katie Clark called game. Down 83-85 with just seconds left. She called game from a three-point range, and it went in 86-85. Katie Carr sends the Ira Hawkeyes home with toys on senior day in Iowa City. As we continue on, we had the Kansas Jayhawks hosting the Oklahoma State Cowboys. Two teams fighting for a postseason berth with Kansas. Needed a much-needed win for the Kansas Jayhawks. As they are on the bubble, fighting for their playoff lives, sixty-six to fifty-seven win. Ole Miss and Alabama got together in Tuscaloosa, Alabama, and it was the Lady Rebels taking it fifty-five to fifty-seven to fifty-five on a row, and Tuscaloosa. Good win for the Lady Rebels of Ole Miss. And then the final game, it was the Mississippi State Bulldogs. They are they were in the SEC's, they're about to take on fifth-ranked LSU Tigers. Angel Weiss and the Tigers, they are just rolling. 74 to 59, blowout win over the Bulldogs. Games <laughs> to look forward to being on the women's side tonight, 7 p.m. FS1 15 ranked. Wildcats of Villanova, they are taking on Seton Hall on the road. Also at 7 o'clock on ESPN2, the Baylor Bears versus the Texas Longhorns down in Austin, Texas. Can Baylor get a much-needed win against 19-ranked Texas? We shall see. And FS1 continues the biggest fight. Two teams on the bubble. DuPaul versus Marquette. Marquette needs a win. DuPaul looking for a win. Tomorrow, no, not to be able to skip tomorrow. Go straight to the month of March because March, Kansas State Wildcats. They are in Northern Oklahoma to take home the Oklahoma Sooners. Kansas State needs a... Big win, and they can get it in Norman, Oklahoma, to begin March to pad their resume to get into the NCAA tournament. Another team looking to pad their resume to the NCAA tournament though, West Virginia Mountaineers. They are hosting the Oklahoma State Cowboys at seven PM on the Big Twelve Network. After that, on the Big Twelve Network, number twenty, the Iowa State Cyclones. They are in Allen Fieldhouse to take on the Kansas City. These are just like Joe Monati, Charlie Cream. It was a he was looking at Saturday going into the weekend. Last four by Purdue, Illinois, Miami, and Kansas. Last four in Marquette, St. John, Princeton, Syracuse. First four out, Oregon, Nebraska, West Virginia, Arkansas. Next four out, Toledo, Missouri, Kansas State, and West and Washington. But that is... But for some of these teams, conference tournaments are already played. But you're in the SEC, if you're Miami, if you're Syracuse, you know, if you're some of these teams, conference tournament is already underway because beginning March 1st, ladies and gentlemen, the ACC tournament gets off. You have Wake Forest versus Virginia. You have Clemson versus Pitt. And you have Boston College versus Georgia Tech to take off the ACC tournament that will take place on March 1st. With the championship game on Sunday, March 5th, we shall see who's going to get the automatic bid to the NCAA tournament from the, S, from the ACC. Not only that, the Big Ten's women's tournament tips off on March 1st. Well, Penn State and Minnesota kicking things off, followed by Northwestern and Workers. Also, that championship game will be Sunday, March 5th, so who will get the automatic bid from the Big Ten tournament? And also, and finally, the SEC tournament tips off on Wednesday, March 1st, beginning with the Texas A&M, the Maggies, and the Vanderbilt Commodores, followed by the the Kentucky Wildcats and the Florida Gators. My Gators, who have not been impressive whatsoever this season, they see they can make a run here and try to do something. Year. But nevertheless, it is South Carolina's tournament to lose. That championship game would be taking place on Sunday, March 5th. So that is all I have for you today here on Shooting Lights Out. Thank you for tuning in today. I hope you have a good day, a good week, because basketball is picking up. It's a race for the playoffs, and it's the race to March Madness. Y'all have a good one. Good. You've done great. But you can't stop here. You can't stop now. You gotta keep going. Through all your trials and your tribulations, you gotta keep pushing. Now, finish your camp.
1: Yeah, gotta
0: get it out the mud, that's the only way to win. Who am I to point the finger like I never ever seen? Being through the ups and downs, like the letter in. They don't let you through the
1: door, better kick that
0: again. Cause that's the only way to win. That's the only way to go. Gotta get it out the mud, gotta get it out the Thank you for tuning in today's episode. If you want to follow the podcast, you can follow it on all streaming platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and a whole lot more. This has been Shooting
1: Lights Out. Masterpiece.